Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today and tomorrow, we will have a special two-part Palm Sunday message from Matthew chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. So turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 21 this morning. For those of you who are new here, I usually don't wear chanclas or sandals to church on Sunday. But this is the only time I get to because we're having baptisms. And in our study today, we're actually going to read a verse that mentions sandals. And... I'm Hawaiian, so I get to wear sandals. (laughs) Are we all there, Matthew 21? All right, Father, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, and your mercy. Lord, there is none like you. You are the Holy One of Israel, the maker of heaven and earth, and you are so good, and we're so grateful for your mercy. Oh, Lord, have your way with us as we study your word. You know our hearts this morning. You know our needs. You know our anxieties and our worries. We just pray that you would take those far from us. That you would, Lord, give us your peace that surpasses all understanding. And give us humble hearts to receive your word, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. So, his triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, entering into Holy Week. It's a big thing Uh, for our church it's the biggest thing actually that jesus christ would enter into jerusalem two thousand years ago triumphantly but why was it triumphant was it triumphant because of the crowds was it triumphant because of the praises because of the spectacle no it was triumphant because jesus christ was going in to save mankind from their sins It wasn't triumphant because he was going to dismantle the Roman Empire and establish his kingdom. Oh no. It wasn't triumphant because he was going to fix everybody's earthly problems at that moment. It was triumphant because he was going to save mankind from his sins. In God's estimation, that is the greatest need of mankind. That we would be saved from ourselves, from self-worship. From back in the garden of Adam and Eve, when they fell, when they were deceived by Satan and began to live for themselves, Jesus came to reverse the curse so that we can live for God and not for ourselves. And in our story in Matthew 21, the Passover celebration in Jerusalem is approaching and a great multitude of people are gathering from all over the world. The Passover is when is is when Israel commemorates the time when God saved them from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. You know the story. The Lord sent ten plagues to Pharaoh and the Egyptians that he might let his people go. And it was that final tenth plague, the plague of, of the killing of the, every firstborn male of Egypt, that finally convinced Pharaoh to let God's people go. The Lord had spoke to Moses and Aaron in Exodus 12 and said to them to command all the families, all the Israelites in Egypt to take a lamb for their household. They were to take it, they were to slaughter it, 
and they were to take some of that blood and put it on the two doorposts of their house and on the lentil of, of their door as well. And that night they were to roast that lamb and eat it with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They were to have a belt on their waist. They were to have sandals on their feet. And they were to have a staff in their hand. For they were going to leave in haste. This is the Lord's Passover. And God said to Moses and Aaron, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Wow. The Lord said the blood will be a sign. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's why it's called the Passover. The plague would not touch the house where the blood of the sacrificial lamb was on the doorpost and the lintel of that house. The blood was a sign. And so the Passover, even to this day, is a celebration of freedom. And on the Jewish calendar, it was yesterday. Passover is a celebration of freedom. Remember that. Jesus is our Passover, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, that indeed he is our Passover who was sacrificed for us. You know, when John the Baptist saw Jesus at the Jordan River while he was baptizing people, John the Baptist, in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and he saw Jesus coming towards him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, the Passover lamb in the Old Testament was a shadow of the things to come. It was a prefix to the Son of God who would be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. His life would be a sacrificial death for our sins. The book of Revelation says that he's the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. That is who Jesus Christ is. He is the lamb of God. Jesus came to into the world to save us from our sins and to free us from the bondage of sin so that we are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. Just like the Passover today is a celebration of freedom from literal slavery in, in Egypt, we look at this week, we look at Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who's coming into Jerusalem to be God's sacrifice for us so that the wrath that we deserve, we don't get, but it comes upon him. So that's why we're celebrating today that is why we rejoice this week because he's taking away our sin he came to make us slaves of righteousness and so no longer are we slaves to sin and I think people need to recognize that that Paul says in Romans without a doubt that that we have been freed from sin so we don't have to live the way we used to live we're not in bondage to it I used, you know, the thing about Almani is like there, when I was there last night, 
you know, we were there into the evening. And so my mind was playing tricks on me. My eyes were playing tricks on me because I remember El Mani so much in the night, in the dark, right? Where the Bible says that those who, who get drunk get drunk at what? night right and so that was my life prior to coming to the Lord and I got to be there celebrating a wedding with Christians but I recognize that God saved me from a time where I spent so much time outside at night living for myself drinking and doing drugs and living in, in immorality guys it was a trip for me there last night but it's a beautiful thing that Jesus came to free us from sin so that we're not in bondage to Egypt again to go back into sin. So as new creations in Christ, we can say no to sin by the strength of God's Holy Spirit. There is no excuses for Christians to still be in bondage to sin. Passover, we celebrate that we've been freed from sin. The cross represents that we have been freed from sin and its power over our life. The fact that he rose on the third day, Easter, the resurrection day, tells us that we are no longer in bondage. The wages of sin, all of us have sinned, you know that, and have fallen short of the glory of God. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know that. You think you're not that bad of a person. You're, you know, sure you've told a lie here or there, but you're not that bad of a person. The Bible says that none of us are good. We're all sinners. Not one of us is good. We're all sinners. And the wages of that sin is death. But Jesus Christ came. He, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The wages of sin is death, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die in our place. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus, the Lamb of God, our Passover, has come to save us from the wrath of God that is coming upon a non-believing, Christ-rejecting world. The only way to salvation is for a person to put their trust in Jesus Christ. It is not sufficient to say, I believe in Jesus Christ. It must be followed up with putting one's trust in Jesus Christ. It must be followed up with, with a life that bears fruit that one follows Jesus Christ. Throughout the Gospels, that's what he says from the beginning to the end. It's not just believing. The Bible says that even, even the devils, the demons, believe that he is. But those of us who have been born again understand that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for Jesus Christ. That is salvation. That is how we get to heaven. And that is what he preached, and that is what we want to preach today. It isn't enough to just say, yeah, I believe in him, but I'm going to do my own thing. That doesn't work, guys. That doesn't work. But it is a triumphal entry, guys, because he's entering Jerusalem to conquer sin, 
to conquer death, to conquer the wrath to come. And those who believe in Jesus Christ shall never die, but shall inherit eternal life. When a believer dies, he just gets transferred from his tent, this body, this body we have, into a new body. The believer never loses consciousness of God. He goes, he dies, she dies, goes from one body right into the next. That is the inheritance to those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And so Jesus and his disciples came up from the east from the road of Jericho. And when they came to Bethage, which was on the eastern slopes of the Mount of Olives, as we, we just read, Jesus told two of his disciples to go into the town opposite of them. And that as they go into this town, they're going to find a donkey and a colt tied there and for them to bring it back to him. How did the Lord know that, the, that all they had to do was go in that town and they would find a donkey and a colt tied? How would they know that if anyone asked them why are they loosing them and taking them, that uh, just let them know that the Lord has uh, need of them, use of them? How did he know all these things would, would happen? Because right before the Lord goes to the cross, we're still seeing that as a son of God, he's sovereign over all things. That as a son of God, he knows the beginning from the end and he he can do all things for he is creator God himself in the flesh. And if he says to them, go in a town opposite you and you're going to find a donkey and a colt tied and to give them these specific instructions, then my goodness, our Lord is letting us know this morning that he is still Lord of all creation, that he is still sovereign over all things. And I think that as a church, as Christians, we need to recognize that reality this morning more than ever so many people in 2021 are full of anxiety worry fear doubt over one thing after another we are living in that time we're in the last days where so many people are losing heart and i think that we need to get back to prayer I think that we need to get back to fellowship. I think that we need to get back to the study of the word. We need to get back to engaging with one another, to encouraging, to encourage one another unto good works, to remind ourselves that our God is sovereign, that our God is big, that our God knows all the specifics about your life and mine, and we need not to worry. Don't worry about the donkey in which 
we're going to ride. Don't worry about the, the Ford Bronco or whatever car. Don't worry about your work. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, Jesus said. For all of these things the Gentiles seek after. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. It's, it's an age-old truth. Trust in the Lord. He's sovereign. So sovereign, so in control, so knowing about our situation that if he says to you, go to the next town and you're going to find a donkey here with the colt, tell them this, tell them that, it'll happen. Why worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear? If he's such a good provider, if he's such a big God, why worry? And that's what we have to tell our soul sometimes, right? Soul, get in line, get in check. Get behind the word of God and have faith, O my soul. Worry not. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God and the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding will come upon you. That's what the Bible teaches us. Trust in the Lord. What are you worried about this morning? What do you, is it finances? Is it a job? Is it relationships? Maybe you're worried about if I walk with the Lord, I don't think I'll be able to do it. If I give my life to Jesus Christ, I don't think I'll be able to do it. I'm living proof that no matter how terrible our sins, God can change people and enable us to walk a different life. Don't doubt him. He knows where the donkeys and the coats are tied. He surely can change your heart and mind to live like Jesus Christ. Amen? Go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a coat with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Just tell them that the Lord has need of them. That's all you got to say to the owners of the donkey and the colt. Just tell them Jesus has need of of this donkey and and her colt. That's the magic word. That's what gets you the, the colt and the donkey. Just tell them that the Lord has need of it. And the Lord knew that that's all they had to say to the owners, and the owners would release that. Oh my goodness, there's such conviction when I hear their willingness to give their animals up with just one word from the Lord. Sure, here you go, the Lord has need of them. I mean, does God have our heart that way? Have we given our lives to Jesus Christ? Is not all that we possess, all that we are, belongs to him? Did he not purchase us with the price, the price of his blood? Oh, I'm so convinced by the owners of the donkey and the colt that I need to be more willing to surrender all. We think about the first moment we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We'll give you everything. Just forgive me of this wickedness, of the sin, of what I've done. Forgive me. We, we, we remember that moment. But, but we can get so complacent in our, in our love for the Lord that he's still seeking us to give ourselves as a living sacrifice to him. Give our lives, get our, give our time, our energy, our resources, whatever you want, Lord. Just say the word and it's yours. You're the Messiah. You have the right as the Messiah to make requests in my life as you please. And there are some folks today that they're just so standoffish 
at the request that the Lord through the Holy Spirit is speaking to their heart. It's time to, to give yourself more. It's time to be more dedicated. It's time to be more committed. It's time to be loose with the things that you hold so dear, the possessions and everything. And, and you know, let, just let God sanctify it all for the Lord. Use everything that you have for the Lord. It's his. Lord, may we have that heart. All you have to do is say, I have use of it. And we're willing to let it go. We can be so tight with our possessions and our life. Does our, do our life still belong to us? Or can we say like Paul the Apostle said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, Paul is saying, I, I no longer live. I live for Jesus now because he gave his life for me. That's Christianity. That's healthy. Not one foot in, one foot out. God, God, I want to spit that out, God says in Revelation. That lukewarmness, hot or cold, just, you're going to be cold, go be cold. If you're going to be hot, be hot for the Lord then. He doesn't like, you know, lukewarm Christianity, and neither do you and I like it, or nor do we like, you know, lukewarm coffee. We need to be legit for the Lord. That's when we see God move. That's when doors open. That's when the Holy Spirit empowers. There's no way the Holy Spirit's going to empower lukewarmness, half-steppiness. He's just not. I'm sorry. I've tried it. Trust you, it doesn't work. It isn't until we give him our all that we see the Holy Spirit really move in our lives. We have to be willing sacrifices. It is we're called to be to do the lord has need of them and in verse 4 matthew says all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet the prophet zechariah guys five to six hundred years prior to this it was prophesied that the messiah would come in riding in on a colt on a donkey, it says, tell, and, and it was written down back then, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. You know what a foal means? <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Foal. It means like to shoot out. It means like offspring, like the offspring of, of a donkey is a colt, a young donkey. But it was prophesied that he would ride in lowly on, the, on a donkey. And a, and a colt is a symbol of, of peace. Of peace. Jesus Christ, his substitutionary death, brings peace between sinful man and a holy God. He makes peace. He bridges that, guys. He connects us. He forgives the sinner and connects us to a holy God Restoring, restoring our relationship with God as Adam had a relationship with God in the garden. Now, our eyes can be spiritually opened through Christ. You who are dead in your trespasses, he has made you alive spiritually. That's why in John 3, 3, he said, one must be born again 
to inherit the kingdom of God. We need to be born of spirit because all of us were born in our trespasses, spiritually dead, and only Christ can awaken us spiritually. But this was prophesied again, and Matthew was great in his, in his gospel about the efficiency and the the rightness of the word of God, always quoting the Old Testament, always quoting scripture. And we believe in Jesus Christ and we believe in his word because this Bible is inerrant, because this Bible and its prophecies have come true and are, and are coming true even as we live today. This is like no other book, trust you me, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witness, you name them. The Muslims, none of them have a book like this where the prophecies have come true. The Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you about prophecies that have not come true. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cheers.